Welcome to Talking Walking, hosted by Andrew Stuck from Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. Talking Walking brings you interviews with people from the world of walking, artists, activists, professionals, and those of us who have a passion for just taking a walk. I'm in Cannon Hill Park in Birmingham, in the heart of Britain's West Midlands, walking beside the River Ray with psychogeographer and documentary filmmaker Andy Howlett, who recently completed Paradise Lost, an essay film about Birmingham's Central Library and the death of modernism. Just before the first pandemic lockdown, Andy joined forces with Pete Ashton and Fiona Cullinan to create a walking art collective called Walkspace. Despite the lockdown, Walkspace has grown exponentially, attracting artists, walkers and writers from across the region and some support from the British Council. Andy talks about his enthusiasms as a documentary filmmaker, as well as adventures by the Walkspace Collective that have included a mapping project involving extreme noticing, a search for the geometric centre of Birmingham, and a moonlit night walk in which magic spells were cast, as part of a series called Walkspace Erratics, as well as a forthcoming international exhibition on parallel walking. You told me you walked here and it took you about 45 minutes from where home is. So tell me where home is and uh, tell me a little bit about what Andy Howlett has been doing in the last uh, couple of years with the lockdown and before. Yeah, so I live in a place called Sturchley, which is a, a suburb in Birmingham, just next door to Bourneville, which is perhaps more widely known, um, home of the Cadbury Chocolate Factory, which is a, a very picturesque model village type thing. It was, was built, you know, almost literally as a model village with lots of arts and crafts style housing for the workers of the factory. And it remains like a, a time capsule of that time. Very little has changed. And then Sturchley is kind of the other side, literally the other side of the tracks. And it is kind of the mirror image of it. It's a bit grotty, a bit bit run down they're kind of like a yin and yang kind of thing relationship I, I think uh, Bourneville can only be as pretty and picturesque as long as Sturchley is just down the hill looking a bit down at heel yeah and also Bourneville hasn't got any pubs because it, the the Cabries were a Quaker family and they, they thought that alcohol was a bad influence on their workers. And so in the, the past couple of years in Sturchley, there's sprung up a beer mile. So a number of independent breweries and tap houses have come up and uh, micro pubs. And so, yeah, it's kind of odd relationship between the two places. And you've been making art in Sturchley? Yeah. So... Walkspace, the, the, the walking art collective I'm a co-founder of, uh, was founded a couple of years ago by uh, three people who live in Sturchley, and that, that was kind of where we're based, although we, we don't restrict ourselves to, to that area. We, uh, we try to represent the whole West Midlands region and have members from other parts of the West Midlands 
Uh, but we've done a, a lot in Sturchley, like in the in the lockdown started soon after we founded this walking collective. So we founded this thing to try and meet other people, to try and connect with other walking artists. And then suddenly we weren't allowed to meet anyone at all and could only walk individually for uh, one hour of the day, only in our own area. Uh, but that uh, was productive in its own way. We, uh, on our walks, we started noticing lots of interesting details about the neighborhood that we otherwise would overlook but because we were having to walk up and down the same streets over and over uh, little things started jumping out at us little details um, so be they strange trees or architectural quirks like one of my favorite was a, a rogue poplar tree which there was this pretty row of poplars along the canal but then a, a little one had sprung up through the tarmac of the, the path, like this little rebellious, stepping out of line sort of thing. That was one of my favorite little details. We had the idea of making a map to map all these oddities of the neighborhood. And so that, that became the Mapping Sturchley project. I think that sounds great because I mean if you've got lots of individuals having to do independent walks they probably combed every street and every <laughs> every park and every point of Sturchley yeah and bringing it together is the fun thing to do yeah and then we opened it up to the, the public so anyone who lives nearby was able to add their own things to the it was an online map people could add their own pins and say oh I, I found this this weird thing here, like a, a top cat figurine on a satellite dish. That was another of my favorites. Um, we, we called the practice extreme noticing. We soon had this huge map of all this weird stuff. We weren't quite sure what to do with it. Um, but it, it did then inform things that we did later when, when th uh, the world started opening back up again and we, we could start to to meet up in person for walks. We, we did run a, a few walks based on the, the, uh, the things on the map. We'd give people tours of the Sturchley oddities. <laughs> um, not the sort of thing you've been commissioned for, then. Not so far. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your own patches, because um, you, you, you describe yourself as someone who does non-normal walking. <laughs> Well, what does that mean? <laughs> you're not well, abnormal yourself. You've got the correct number of legs and arms, so... Yeah. Um... Well, the, the term non-normal walking came from when we were trying to define what Walkspace is as an organisation, what we're interested in. And it's not rambling, it's not hiking, it's not walking to the shops. You're not activists promoting pedestrianism? No, not, not necessarily. Um, so all the, the, or dog walking, for instance, you know, there, there are lots of forms of walking that people are familiar with and they, they understand what that is. We're, we're not so much interested in that. We're, we're interested in the other stranger, odder types of walking, like psychogeography tradition and uh, walking art 
things that might not be as known to the general public and might might seem a bit strange and therefore non-normal. So it's kind of an umbrella term for any number of practices and that don't fit in the, the usual categories of walking. But my practice personally, I come from a filmmaking background and so I've made a number of short films where I walk around interesting areas, usually in Birmingham, and try and uncover some something interesting, some like hidden history or the stories or strange geographical features. So I go on little explorations with my camera and then like narrate the the walk later and made a number of these films, some around Digbeth, an area but sort of semi industrial area that's also popular with artists and is kind of undergoing gentrification. The first one I made was a, a walk around that area looking for the River Ray, which is actually flowing beside us now. And, we, and which park. I foolishly followed <laughs> <laughs> to get to Cannon Hill Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite an elusive river, as you discovered. And in Digbeth, it disappears under the streets. It's culverted. So a lot of people don't even know there is a river in Digbeth, but you... You can get glimpses of it from certain places if you stand on tiptoes and peer over walls and things. So I decided to make a film looking for this river and trying to get as close to it as possible. So that, that became Digbeth Delights, my first film of that, that style. Uh, that, that was inspired by the group Video Strolls, who you're interested in, um, started by a friend of mine who would make these short films similar to what I've just described, where he would walk around areas. He lived in London at the time and have this very wry sort of commentary over the top and make these odd little discoveries. And so I saw that and thought, oh, I could do that. I'll <laughs> give it a try. So I tested it out in Digbeth and this was coming up to ten years ago now and that's the sort of work I've been making This ever idea since. of kind of video walks are, are, are hugely popular. Some of them attract huge numbers of uh, viewers. Yeah. Why is it so popular? Is it that people who are kind of um, in the gym, you know, trading on the treadmill and they're watching uh, a video stroll, or is it uh, people would have liked to have walked to these certain places but weren't able to do so? What's the... Yeah, it could be that. It could be kind of a vicarious experience of a, a walk in a place that you wouldn't be able to get to yourself or it'd be difficult to get to. For me, the appeal is just the, the simplicity of it, like walking is such a, an everyday activity and the accessibility of it, just seeing people go for a, a little adventure in the place that they live, a place that might seem very ordinary, but then uncovering this whole other side to it almost magical side, all the stories and hidden aspects. You don't need a camera crew or any 
create your skills in anything. It's, it's just going out. You you can make one on on your phone. What is the kit that you use? Do you use a gyro or do you have a GoPro or you know what's your go-to piece of equipment? Uh, a Lumix camera. It's made for photography. It's very small, easy to carry, quite compact, uh, and because it's made for photos, but takes very good quality video. It's I like how sort of inconspicuous it is. You're not there with a, a big piece of kit and a, like a tripod. You can kind of just whip it out and get the, the material and go. But I, I'm not really a, a techie person myself. I don't know a lot about the equipment. I kind of just make do with whatever I can get my hands on. And as long as it does the job, that's, that's fine. Tell us a little bit more about Walkspace and how members of the collective came together how did you recruit them well it started out just the three of us myself pete and fiona we all kind of know a few people some in sturchley or the wider birmingham area but it really got into gear when we decided to i guess do a, a recruitment drive we wanted to uh, connect with other people outside of our immediate peer groups we just put out a call for members. That was, yeah, very successful. But soon we had, you know, over 30 new members and wasn't really sure what to do with them. All from the, the West Midland region. All saying that they'd like to walk together, all signing up to be sort of urban explorers or... That they're interested in walking and or art and that they, that's part of their practice and they... They would like to be part of this thing called Walkspace, which is still kind of in its early formation, doesn't have a clearly defined shape. But yeah, they liked the, the sound of being part of a, a group, a collective, a network, whatever. See what comes from that. And so uh, we did the call out at the start of uh, 2021. We were in lockdown again, so we had all these new members but couldn't meet them. So Pete had the idea of having monthly uh, Zoom salons so we could meet up online. And uh, that was a chance for members, like usually one member per session would talk for about 15 minutes about a project that they were working on or something that they were interested in. And then that was time for discussion afterwards, people to ask questions, and just a, a space for people to announce anything that, that they had going on that people might be interested in. And then we, once restrictions were lifted enough, we started meeting in public for uh, uh, members' walks. So uh, just very informal walks. We tried to mix up the locations and take the walks to where, where the members were, so each walk would be led by a different member at a place that they know. And so one of our members had a, a residency at Walsall New Art Gallery, and she had been doing a lot of walking around that area and knew it quite well. So one month we went to Walsall and she gave us a walk around the, some of the places she found interesting, like the canals. Oh, there's a kingfisher down there. Just perched on a 
branch from the opposite oh, yes. bank. Wow. Oh, that's a very rare sight, isn't it? I do see them quite a lot along the River Ray, actually. Yeah, usually you see it in motion, you flash of turquoise and then it's gone. But that one was stationary, which was a bit... Don't see quite so often. Yeah, so the members walked. We went to, to Walsall, walked around and then got to see the workspace of the, this member where she had been doing her residency and creating work from the, the walks that she'd been doing and, and that was fascinating and great to be involved and get to hear her talk about her work, her process. Uh, so that, that's the, the members walks and I was keen to start doing public walks as well so for people who are interested in this sort of thing but might not be as committed, don't want to become a formal member but they want to come along on an interesting standing walk so we we started the the walk space erratics which is a monthly series of public walks uh, where members can get to try out ideas or like if they have a work in progress something that's not polished or doesn't involve a, a huge amount of preparation and they just want to try out something on a group of willing participants so we We've done a number of those. The first one uh, was called In Search of the Bromphalos, where we, uh, we were trying to locate the true centre of Birmingham, inspired by a, a Guardian article from a couple of years ago where uh, a mapping company had calculated the, the precise geometric centres of ten of the, the major cities in the country. And the, the one for Birmingham was in a quite an odd location that you wouldn't expect. And actually a couple of miles out from what you would think of as the, the city centre. So that seemed like a really good basis for a walk. We didn't tell people where we were going to end up. We uh, met in, in the, the city centre proper and walked to a number of different locations that you might consider the centre. So like the civic centre or the, the cathedral, the sort of religious centre and like commercial centres, Grand Central Station, and then kind of made our way out to the geometric centre, which is where if the, you imagine the city as a, a flat, a 2D object, it's the point at which it would balance on the head of a pin. That's how you calculate the, the geometric centre. It turned out to be in a quite a nondescript street in a, an area called Duddeston. And so people were quite surprised to find themselves there. We carried with us on the walk uh, a Bromphalos stone, which was in, inspired by Greek mythology. The story of the Omphalos, which Zeus wanted to pinpoint the, the centre of the, the ancient world. He, he did this by setting off two eagles at opposite sides of the world flying at the same speed and the point at which they crossed over he determined that's the center of the world which is Delphi so he placed this ornamental stone there the Omphalos it's uh, still there you can go to Delphi and see this this stone and it is the where the oracle was and all this stuff and so we thought, well, we should have our own omphalos, which we called the Bromphalos. And I got a friend who knows a, a bit about clay 
to just quickly put together our stone for us. And we carried it along on the walk in a, a box in a crate that could be carried by two people at once. That was the start of the, the walk space erratics. I love it. Um, you, cho you chose an erratic stone, like a glacial erratic. Yes, which has <laughs> one over there on the other side of the lake. Oh yes, it um, is. <laughs> so there are a number of these stones in Birmingham along the River Ray Valley that travels here in the, the Ice Age. And uh, they're just deposited in little places and they, they kind of just blend in. They're, they're like, you know, furniture of the city and a lot of them aren't marked or anything. You wouldn't know that they've travelled this great distance. And, and the, the word erratic is from Latin irere, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, which is to wander. So they're the wandering rocks, which I quite like. So that's where the, the idea to, to call these walks the erratics came from. Oh, excellent. Okay, and so what, what's the plan with walk space for the future? Well, we're, we're kind of in a, a moment going into the new year of sort of taking stock and slowing down a bit because we took off in a hundred directions at once, found out, you know, it's actually quite a lot of work to keep so many monthly events going on. So we're, we're kind of thinking, okay, what, what was good about what we did or what, what do we want to change? Um, how can it be a bit less work for, for everyone involved? So we, we'd like to um, get some more people on the, the committee and involved at that level. And I'm keen to carry on with public walks, definitely. So I'm thinking about how we can do that. I quite like the idea of a, a regular monthly walk that's very simple, even just starting in the same location, for instance, and then going on a drift from there that could, could end up anywhere and would, would be different each time, but would require very little preparation opportunity for people to meet up and talk about ideas and you know seed collaborations and projects that sort of thing we have our first exhibition coming up called uh, parallel walking which is a team up with an indonesian walking advocacy group a female run uh, walking group based in Yogyakarta, uh, funded by the the british council who are doing these kind of cultural exchange kind of things like pairing up artists from different parts of the world so as walk space in Birmingham we've been doing walking activities here and generating material for an exhibition and they've been doing the same in Indonesia and then it will be a sort of parallel exhibition where you know all, all the artwork produced will be exhibited here and over there and there'll be a zine alongside it. Tell us a bit more about the Parallel Walk, and let's get you to recommend a couple. So the, the Parallel Walking project, one of the, the themes we identified, a, a commonality between uh, Birmingham in the UK and Jogjakarta in Indonesia, is that both cities have a reputation for being motor cities so designed more for the motor car or, in their case, for motorbikes and mopeds at the expense of pedestrians. 
And so I devised a, a walk thinking about that where you have a starting point but no destination. So you walk without a destination and the, the only rule is that every time you come across a turning or a way to go that is for pedestrians only, that um, traffic can't go through, so like an alleyway or a subway, or a footbridge, something like that, you have to take it and see where that leads you. So that kind of determines the route for you to an extent. Uh, I call these things pedestrian portals. This is something that you can do anywhere. I'd recommend people to travel by pedestrian portal, do a go portaling and see where they end up. Can I tease out a second one? A very popular walk that we did as Walkspace in the early days was a night walk on the full moon around the, the waterways of Sturchley and Lifford. So there's, there's a reservoir, there's a river, two canals. We were able to devise a route purely on uh, waterways. Under the full moon, it's um, said that water has a, a special charge to it, like that moon water is a, uh, a special thing in folklore and witchcraft, and it's believed to be charged with properties that can be used in spells or for divination, divining the future. Uh, so we came up with a, a walk using the, the waterways. It was a nice clear day, the moon was shining, reflecting from the water, and at one point we did cast a spell. We got some of the, the moon water and sort of doused it across the towpath and then walked over it and walked a stretch of the, the towpath and told everyone that we had to walk in silence for that stretch and that everyone had to uh, set an intention for something that they want to, to happen or to be fulfilled in their own life by the time that the next full moon comes around. And so by walking that stretch in silence, and then we walked over and doused another section of the, the towpath and walked over that, and then the magic was set. So that's another walk people can do. Go out on a full moon, find a, a body of water, and uh, set an intention to, to be fulfilled by the next full moon. Over here, there's a model of the Elan Valley Reservoir, which is where Birmingham's drinking water comes from in Wales. Built in Victorian times, carried through a, a pipe that's set at just a, a right slope that the water can be carried purely by gravity the whole distance. And there's a, a miniature version of it right here. So it seems like a good place to, to end. You've been listening to Talking Walking brought to you by Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. In this episode, you've heard from Andy Howlett, co-founder of Walkspace. If you have any views on this interview or on any walking issues, we would love to hear from you. Just follow the links on the Talking Walking website. We look forward to having you along for future episodes of Talking Walking.
written, recorded and produced by Andrew Stuck of Rethinking Cities Limited. Our artwork is designed by Ian Martin of Aardvark Graphics. And the music is composed by Simon Sanders of Easy Trollic. <laughs>